Hi, it's Susan Dunlop and welcome to episode four of Susan Dunlop's Coffee and Contemplation with Women. Uh, today we are going to step off planet Australia and head over to California to speak with Janine Rashidi. Uh, Janine and I met in Kerala in India in 2017. Um, we were both experienced a journey to the roots of Ayurveda and it was with 30 other pretty cool women. Janine and I got thrown together um, as the icebreaker session. Uh, we had to learn a little bit about each other and tell the rest of the crew um, who we were. Uh, and then from there, we, we traveled across Kerala and um, we had a, a pretty amazing journey up to the tops of um, uh, mountains and valleys and edges of roads that you wouldn't want to drive on. Uh, so yeah, it was a, a pretty amazing <laughs> experience that we shared. Uh, welcome, Janine. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to see you again. <laughs> lovely to see you too. <laughs> um, so I'll just give a little bit of an update on or a background on Janine before we get started. Uh, Janine is a mum and she's a grandmother and a wife. Uh, Janine has two biological children and two bonus children. Uh, she loves that, to call them bonuses rather than step and I agree. Uh, Currently, Janine has one grandson and two granddaughters due in July, uh, and they're only 13 days apart, so she's about to get very busy grandmothering. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Janine is the owner and founder of Goodbye Tension, which is a health and wellness business uh, designed to help women understand their tension you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and digestively. Uh, Janine's idea is about... Um, self-empowerment and education and I think for 18 years now she can correct me if I'm wrong but for 18 years now has worked with women and children uh, and that involves counseling and that was one thing that stood out to me with Janine um, the work that she was doing with the women and children when I first met her in India it um, intrigued me so I learned a little bit more about that over there um, so yeah I think what we might do is actually just get kick off because obviously this is about listening to Janine's story, not listening to me talk. Um, so Janine, I was thinking, given the state of the world as at this week and the things that have changed really since this weekend, um, where you are in California, you were telling me earlier that you're already in a, um, what they call shelter in place. Just tell me, how's that affecting you personally, your family? Um, you know, what's it feel like and has it affected your business? Uh, yes, yeah, so I am in the uh, Alameda County. My business is in Santa Clara County, and those two counties are in shelter in place. So what that means is we can only go out for essential items, grocery store, uh, doctor's appointments. Uh, we're allowed to go out for a walk, but have to keep a six-foot distance. Um, how has that affected our family? Well, my daughter lives in uh, the other city that's also in um, a shelter in place. So we are doing a lot of FaceTime calls. We have not come together and seen each other yet. Uh, we're trying to just see how is this all going to you know, pan out. Uh, but we've done our part as far as making sure that we have what we need at home. Um, in regards to what is it like out there, uh, when we first got the news, I went to pick up uh, some dry cleaning, knowing that uh, the dry cleaners were going to close. So I wanted to make sure we had what we needed. And um, there was such a state of panic. There were so many cars on the road. 
um, people were not um, being very aware because they were in a state of panic and fear. And so there were three car accidents that happened uh, within a two mile radius, just in that short uh, errand that I ran. And um, it, if you were out in it and you were not able to maintain your own awareness of your breath, um, it was very easy to fall into um, the frenzy of it all. Uh, so I'd like to just add that piece, wherever your breath goes, the mind follows. So if you can stay calm, follow your breath. Uh, when there's a storm happening, the calmest place to be is in the eye of the storm, which means you need to stay nice and calm with nice big deep breaths while the storm is happening around you. Wow. So lovely. we just take it one day at a time here and we just see, you know, what, what's going to develop and what we need to do. Okay. Um, and in terms of your business, you, you're a um, you know, health oh, and wellness business. Yes. Are you um, being impacted in that way or is it, is, how does your business operate? So my business has been impacted. So there is no hands-on work. So the uh, specialized body treatments that I was doing for women and children, I can no longer do them. Uh, however, the health and wellness counseling I can do online. And I can also, a, a big part of the body work was showing people how to relieve their own tension with different self-treatment tools. So that also can be done online using, you know, various things that you can find at home. Um, but again, we're just uh, in the beginning of the stage of this shelter in place. So this week, a lot of people are trying to find um, their groove. And by next week, hopefully people will be more open to doing the online um, for, you know, the self-treatment aspect, of course, the uh, health and wellness piece, I was already doing a lot of online. So now it's just a matter of uh, people getting used to it. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and that was, was that enforced that you couldn't do that type of work anymore? Or did you choose not to do that? No, that was enforced. So mm -hmm. part of shelter in place is any non-essential business. Um, and then also we uh, received all of us who are licensed through the state of California as uh, massage therapists or body workers, uh, we were told that uh, we needed to cease all hands-on work, not only for our safety, but for everyone else's safety. And I have to say the way things are developing, that was a very smart decision. Yeah, no, it's interesting, so, isn't it? That people at the moment, yeah. I think in Australia, are talking more in terms of breath um, and catching um the virus that way but yeah i hadn't actually personally yeah. considered the idea that yeah massage treatments and all of those would be yeah question yeah yeah and interestingly enough uh, i actually did find out before i made the decision and before we were told that we had to a client texted me and she said you know i my office building is in the same building where five confirmed cases of cova vid 19 um have been confirmed and so that just told me, you know, that means she had a possibility of, you know, being uh, in a place of possibly contracting it. And then she came to me. So let's just play it safe. Yeah. You know, obviously things are spreading rather rapidly. And I think, um, I think one thing that's been, I've, I've noticed too, like, you know, back in the wars, people actually, I remember there's been quotes stated that, you know, people actually find new ways to do business or to, um, go about um, yeah, making an income. And that's what I've been trying to be conscious of with you know, my clients to say, well, this, 
get out of your head, but really understand how can you actually serve your clients in a different way? Yes. Yeah. You've already been doing that, but you're, yeah. 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 It's an interesting time because um, we've all gotten caught up in our busyness and now here we are at home. Mm. Um, so, you know, what might be going on in one's mind or heart um, now they have an opportunity to look at it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, especially like, you know, what the services you offer, um, there's a great opportunity to help people right now because they're in a place to uh, come back to themselves, but they might not quite know how to navigate through that, how to do that. Um, yeah. 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 And, so, and it's just, yeah, every, all of us in ourselves need to um, just be really conscious, um, you know, of that feeling of anxiety and, I feel like, as I said, you and I were chatting you know, the other day, but we were talking about uh, the fight and flight, you know, that, that, yeah. that response. Is that something that you're aware of if, if people are feeling exhausted? Or uh, well, yes. Uh, a fight or flight um, is a, it's a very real thing. Mm. Um, I actually, um, I have, my own personal journey has come through um, a lot of trauma uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which um, includes a lot of fight or flight. So again, if one can uh, stay aware of their breath, um, that is the most powerful tool that you have. And once you get the breath under control, if the mind is still going, then we need to start uh, questioning those thoughts uh, to see whether or not you know is that thought actually serving you. Uh, is there a different perspective? Um, and you can't always do that when you're in the midst of a fight or flight um, experience. Uh, that's why it's good to find a practitioner that can help you. Uh, but a lot of people are in that place right now, which is mm. why we're seeing that people are frantically getting to the grocery store. They're getting into careless car accidents. Um, there's hoarding because there's this feeling of scarcity, um, survival. And that's the essence of fight or flight. You know, there's this feeling of, I might die. Yeah. Um, I might not live. So, you know, yeah. the controls yeah. on the outside, not from the inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, how about we, um, we have a little look at um, your journey as you, you disintimated there, like uh, from your um, early life, what did you want to be when you were young and how did that all roll out for you? Yeah. So uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be, in some sort of profession that allowed me to relieve other people's pain and suffering. And my only uh, understanding of that was to be a doctor at the time. I was not introduced to anything alternative. So um, that said, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and through my journey, uh, being that I had uh, parents who had their own dysfunction and uh, were addicts um, and uh, because of that situation, I experienced a lot of different types of uh, abuse. And um, that's why I wanted to be in a profession to help others relieve their pain and suffering because I was continually in search of it myself. So, um, you know, I did very well in school. I was a straight A student, but by the time I got into high school, um, there were no classes to help me navigate what was going on at home. And as a result, I made a decision that I was going to run away from home. 
And so I did. I left school and I ran away from home and I experienced what it was like to literally live on the street with nothing. Oh, wow. Um, and I have to say that was one of the most amazing experiences that I had. Um, even my childhood, I believe that everything that I've experienced has made me who I am today. So I don't feel like I'm a victim and I don't, um, you know, accuse um, anybody of being an abuser because they both need each other. It's two sides of the same coin. So um, oh, the, victim, the victim and abuser. Victim yeah. and abuser. An abuser needs a victim and a victim needs an abuser. Yeah. So that said, I believe that uh, one can choose once they've done enough of the inner work, of course, to let those people off the hook, which means you're let off the hook as well. Uh, but you still have to be self-responsible for the dysfunction you picked up along the way. <laughs> um, and we all have it in some way, shape, or form. Um, so anyway, I you know, left home and had that experience. And uh, that's where I met my uh, first husband. And what I learned there was if you don't deal with your quote-unquote mommy-daddy issues, you end up falling right back into it with a, a you know, spouse or partner. And uh, of course I was only 15 when I left home, but uh, that's what happened. Right. And um, so I, you know, had two ch children in that marriage and uh, left after 10 years. And again, that was basically um, a very similar situation as uh, what it was like growing up. Uh, same types of abuse, things like that. And I started questioning, how do you break this cycle? Because it certainly wasn't my intention to go back into a situation like that, but that's what happened. Yeah. And You're I so wanted to, you know. right. Yeah. You know, and who teaches you these things? If yeah. my only frame of reference is my upbringing, that's all I had to go on. So what I, uh, the blessing I see from my upbringing um, is that it taught me what not to do. Uh, but still there was a lot of that uh, unconscious and subconscious forces because I had not dealt with yeah. uh, the issues yet. And that's what was driving my decisions. So I um, left um, that abusive situation uh, with um, my first husband and my two daughters and I, we left and, you know, basically had to start over. Well, it was through that journey of needing to start over and realizing i want to break the cycle of dysfunction how do I do that and so we immediately got into counseling and I needed to figure out how can I make money and be the type of parent that I'd prefer to be which is to be able to take them to school this that and the other I already had a marketing background so I decided um, to get a massage certification uh, and start my own practice I had never had a massage before so it just seemed like this seems logical. This could work. So that's why I got into it. Well, it turns out I was actually really good at it. Um, so that's what, that was my true uh, introduction into the holistic side of things. And it, I just built upon it from there. Uh, before I ever graduated, I was able to open up my own practice. Um, and then I just kept uh, searching for different modalities uh, besides, you know, traditional massage, what happens when your trauma comes up? Because as I was going through my own healing, receiving massages in school, my trauma was coming up. So I was like, this is a big part of it. So 
you know, I started seeking out certifications on how to help people with that. Not only did I have my own uh, personal experience, uh, which has truly helped me along the way. Uh, I believe that anyone who cross, crosses my path to come for some sort of help or guidance that it's meant to be and I have the tools to help them. Um, so I went, you know, uh, searching for all these different modalities, got certified in all these different things and just kept adding more tools to my toolbox. Um, and now here I am today and I'm currently uh, working on my doctorate in Ayurveda and uh, which, you know, is the uh, science and study of life originated over 5,000 years ago. And basically it's, you know, food and lifestyle are medicine and how yeah. we can use, you know, traditional spices and herbs, different lifestyle um, changes, understanding how nature works in order to, to stay healthy and balanced. And those concepts are universal uh, when it comes to dealing with our emotional issues, our mental issues. Um, yeah, and so here I am today, having gone through all of that, uh, the deeper education came once the children were grown and now they're having kids of their own. And um, we still talk about the commitment of breaking the cycle of dysfunction. And as they're having their own children, we continue to have those conversations uh, because it's not an easy thing, but it's certainly an admirable thing to continue to just be aware, don't sweep things under the rug. Yeah. Um, and in that way, we can come out of um, dark situations and be the, the shining light, you know? So the way I see it is this was just um, kind of a, my training into life. And as a result, I can help many people because of it. So yeah. in that way, I'm very grateful. And, and um, so that, as you said, like there was the PTSD side of it. And yeah. I, I, from what I've learned around trauma is um, that it does resurface like it, even if you are dealing with an abuse from childhood, you think you yes. may have resolved it by talking to someone, there's something else will trigger another part of it because a lot of people who've actually experienced trauma don't relate right. all the information in the first series. So, yeah. So is that what you're sort of talking about when you sort of say the darkness to light? Does that, does that darkness still come back to you from when you're in? Yes. Um, yeah. It's just at a different um, level. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it, it's almost like we're peeling apart an onion and an onion has so many different layers. Uh, so depending on what's going on, depending on what the trigger is, something will come up. What has shifted now is that um, it's no longer a full blown taking me into a place of I'm stuck in a uh, frame of time that's passed. Yeah. It's just more of an awareness of, oh, I'm having this feeling, I'm having a reaction, or maybe it shows up in my dreams. Um, and it's clear that it's pointing to, I have more work to do on this particular subject. Yeah. So I do believe at some point that it does uh, get better because there are many subjects that it has resolved. Um, and I also believe that the psyche, as it gets stronger, that's when some things will come up that maybe the psyche wasn't strong enough uh, to deal with mm, in okay. the past, yeah, you know? So you definitely want to take it um, a, a gentle approach. You know, if something's coming up, you deal with what's coming up. Um, and if the mind is strong enough or you have a practitioner that feels confident enough to guide you through it, um, then, you know, 
Yeah, hold on for the ride because who you will be afterwards will be completely different and it is kind of a messy process, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I I totally get that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We've, um, so so yes, you're a grandma and you're 42. So um, how's that feel? How do you feel in terms of your age, being 40 now? Well, um, I remember when I was younger and 40 sounded like it was really old. Um, and now that I'm in my 40s, I, I think it's the best, uh, the best age group thus far. Um, it was way better than 30, certainly way better than 20 and earlier. Yeah. Um, now that said, um, my body doesn't quite do what it used to do, so I do have to get used to that. Um, I'm learning to honor it and listen to it better versus forcing it. Um, but something happens in your forties where, uh, you no longer care what other people are thinking. There's no longer this, uh, worry about so much image, you know, am I fat? Am I skinny? What does my skin look like? You know, hair and all of that. You just kind of come to a place of, um, I'm okay with me. And it feels so much better because then you can, uh, you can go out and, uh, interact and some of these things that used to come up, they just don't, no. it's really no big deal. So it feels a lot more chill. Um, and not so much mental, yeah. you know, that's going on, not yeah. so much insecurity. Um, yeah. So I'm loving forties. Oh, cool. Hey, which is inspiring. Cause I can't wait till 50. Like, does it keep getting better? I don't know. I have to ask. Right. You know? Yeah. See, <laughs> No, I think I think we're all finding that every yeah every ten years you're like ah oh, that's all right right I, mean, I, I love yeah. the forties too actually I remember the forties was like such a a powerful yeah I I know I'm okay I've got it together type of right um, yeah yeah I still have things to learn so yeah yes I've learned more yeah but it's all good <laughs> um, what I will do because I you know as, as everyone knows like this is my first lot of podcasts um, there is something I will actually get you to come back and talk about as a whole separate sure. section at some stage. That whole journey you took um, around the whole weight, um, you know, about you, yes. you measuring your weight and stuff. I think people would be really intrigued to understand that because I, I was intrigued by that story. So you might. I would be that. glad to come back for that. Oh, yeah, it was very, very yeah. enlightening. So, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was grateful you shared that little bit of the story. <laughs> Um, now let's talk um, coffee and contemplation also is about you know women finding creativity in their life so how about we um, we go into a little bit about that what what do you have what did you love when you're a child that you maybe uh, have brought forward through to you being a a grown-up now well as a kid I loved uh, playing with my dolls or teddy bears Uh, they were very much alive for me Uh, tea parties, going on adventures, things like that. And um, I have continued that um, into my adult years. So um, before I tell you what that is, I first have to share where I believe um, this came through my genetic line. And that is through my grandmother, who's still alive. She's 90 years old. And when we would go and visit her, she would tell us about these two gnomes who were uh, Rude Rupert and Sassy Sam. And they were always getting into mischief. So the moment we came to grandma's house, she would go right into how mischievous these two gnomes had been, what they've gotten themselves into, where they are now, 
that we needed to keep an eye out because at any given time they could get out from wherever she put them and end up somewhere else. And this was always a very exciting uh, thing for me because I could see um, how alive they were through the storytelling process. Um, so a few years back, my bonus daughter, she had gifted me a uh, gnome from uh, Germany, which is where she's from. And immediately uh, the storytelling skills just started. Oh, wow. And um, I'll, I'll introduce you to one of them. So this oh, little guy, let me bring him a little closer. So <laughs> he's the original, the OG. Oh, so tiny. this is Alfred. Yes, he's little. Yeah. So I named him Alfred because he's all furry and red. Uh, the second one that came to be a year later, again, a gift for my bonus daughter, is this little guy. Oh, the blue hat on. Uh-huh. And his name is Waddle Wink because he's always waddling around, winking and flirting with the ladies. Yeah. So this has developed into, um, there's a corner of our home where there's a whole gnome world. There's a gnome coffee shop. There's a gnome pirate ship. There's a spring <laughs> garden. There's a castle. And uh, what I like to do is create little stories. And then I throw them up on our family uh, album that's in the cloud so everybody can see it through their digital devices of all the different things that the gnomes are doing. Uh, and sometimes they're mischievous. Sometimes they're trying to find enlightenment. Uh, sometimes they're trying to climb the Himalayas. Uh, sometimes they're, you know, out with their girlfriends. It just depends. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. In, in this day and age, your online business may also in, involve some creativity and storytelling. You know, that is a really <laughs> great idea. Things are already sparking now. Thank yeah. you, Susan. That's all right. I think I might move next door to you as well, but anyway. <laughs> you should. We can play over the fence. It'd be all right. That's right. That's right. Six foot distance and all. Hi, how's your name yeah. going? And I'll hold my yeah. guinea pig up and be all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we've got a few minutes left. So, how about would you like to talk about anything um, that the most important messages you've ever got that you think you could actually share with someone else, um, another woman? Is there any messages mm. from what you've learned, you've experienced? What's a, something people could go, wow, I've taken that message away today? Well, what I'd like to say is that as a female, we do a lot of believing and listening to other people's beliefs of who we should be, how we should be. And I really feel that the most important message is to listen to yourself. But that kind of seems, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but it's almost like you need to teach someone how to listen to themselves because there's so much outside noise. Mm. So mothers, if you have daughters, um, first you've got to work on yourself. Then you can truly help your kids. Um, but the message would be, how do you learn to listen to that inner voice? And you've got to clear up some of the noise first that's within yourself. Uh, you've got to question your beliefs. Uh, the work of Byron Katie is actually really good for that. Um, and then next would be, 
always find the positivity in every situation because no matter what's going on, there is a blessing there. You just may not be able to see it when you're in it. But if you could somehow come out and be more of an observer of your situation, you might be able to see that something is brewing here. Something is, you know, carving away um, or, or trying to polish that diamond that is you. And oftentimes that comes through some of our harder experiences. Um, and that's what has inspired me is my own life journey and really feeling like I haven't heard of anything or seen anything yet that could not be seen as a blessing. Um, it's just how you look at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what, what you, I would say. What were you saying? I, I think I heard it on one of your, um, your videos on Facebook. You were talking about to find light. Is that what that's about? Find the light in the yeah. dance? Is that the same? Yes, that's the same thing. So right mm. now, uh, you know, a lot of people see that, you know, we, we obviously have this very serious virus that's going around. Uh, many could see this as a curse. Um, and what I'm saying is, how do we find the blessing in what seems like a curse? How do we find the light in moments of what feels like darkness? So uh, a simple example is many of us cannot go out to work. Mm. Many of us cannot go out to our coffee shops, uh, restaurants, um, all of those things that kept us busy. And now we have this blessing of we're at home. We have time to be with ourselves. It's time to practice listening to that inner voice, which means you're going to have to clean out some of the noise first in order to be able to do that. Um, but to be able to find the blessing in everything, the light in situations where, you know, it just seems dark, um, that is a, a huge, um, aspect that what is what keeps me going mm. is being able to see that, you know, with this virus that's going on, there's a very high probability that I won't be able to, be with one of my daughters when she's giving birth or either of them, depending on the hospital situations. Yeah. And I was really looking forward to that. They're really looking forward to that. But the uh, positivity I can find in this is if it means that we're all going to be healthier, then I'm going to let go of my attachment of yes. that situation and just be grateful that a child will come into this world and hopefully, you know, we'll have the health yeah. Uh, and wellness. So it's all your, your perceptions. Your perceptions determine your entire state of being. So question your perceptions. If you are struggling, start questioning. Yeah. Is it true? How do you know it's true? Who would you be without that thought? And this is Byron Katie's work. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for, that's a nice way to end on. Um, oh, okay, we could talk all day as usual. So we could. <laughs> We could. we could bounce all over the, the country on a, a rickety bus, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll just finish with just two things as we, we've been doing each week. What would be your favorite quote? Oh, yes. So, my favorite quote actually comes from Albert Einstein, and that is Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, and this is true for if you notice the same theme keeps going on in your life and you're like, why does this keep happening to me? That's the same. That's what he's talking about as well. 
Um, and that's an opportunity to look at, well, what can you do to change it? Because obviously it's not working. And as you're just saying, maybe now's the time to, to look at that. Now is definitely the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, what's your favorite song? So there is a powerful Sanskrit mantra um, that uh, destroys fear. I'm going to see if I can actually uh, pronounce it. So this particular uh, singer that um, is amazing in her Sanskrit uh, pronunciation, her YouTube channel is Gaya Sanskrit. And uh, this is Shatanga Yur Mantraha from Markandeya Purana. Ah. And that obviously <laughs> shows us that you actually... That obviously was Sanskrit. Yes. <laughs> and you teach Sanskrit too, don't you now? Yes, so I co-teach uh, the beginning Sanskrit at Kerala Ayurveda Academy. So learning wow. how to pronounce the sounds, identify the letters, bringing letters together to form words. Uh, that well, you, did, you did that very well just then. That was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so is, and that's a, is that a, um, a song? Is that in that the woman will be singing that? Or? She actually, so what she does is she sings the... Uh, she has an English uh, part that she sings and then she goes into the Sanskrit part. So the part I really enjoy is more of the Sanskrit mantra part uh, okay. because there's a lot of power in those sounds um, and it just resonates more for me. Oh, cool. Well, maybe what I might get you to do is send me the link to it and I can pop that on the end of the, um, there's like an information section on each of the podcasts. So I can actually pop that on there. So if anyone wants yeah. to, to find it, they can. So that'd be that sounds good. a good way to share it. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll also, if you um, wouldn't mind, I might grab your, um, your link because if what you've just shared with someone um, is actually going to help some other person. Um, as yes. you said, like, you know, it's that whole, you know, you help one woman and it, Go, blossoms out to help the community uh it just might be something you know we're all attached now online all around the world so um, i'd be happy to yeah that's that. true so you know first you have to work on yourself yeah and once you work on yourself then you will take that into your family life and your family will become healthier and then that family will go out into the community the community will become more healthy right now at a six foot distance don't forget <laughs> and then uh of course it goes out into the world and that's how we start creating change is yeah. one person at a time but first it starts with you yeah you know yeah. so heal healing can be just as contagious as a virus and that's what i would like to see let's go with that one that's a, yeah. a nice way to um to end on so really thank you for um talking to me janine i know it's um it's afternoon there and it's early here so um yeah. i'm hoping to get this up on friday and um yeah and yes we'll have more chats as the year rolls on so um I've, I've been getting feedback from the people who've listened to other podcasts so far that they've just taken a snippet and it's made a difference to them um, just in one way or another even dads yeah you know, that I've heard a dad has actually the way he's um, addressed something. I thought, ah, oh, that's, again, it's just if it can help one person, that's the point. That's right. Um, yeah, definitely. Thank you so yeah. much for contributing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Love to you. All right. Take care. Love okay. to you too. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.